Hello, everyone. First of all, I'd love to thank you for tuning in to the Integrative Thoughts podcast. I am your host, Matt Kaufman. And through this platform, I plan on seeking out guests that interest me, that I am curious about, and overall just living a more meaningful, purposeful life in hopes that you as listeners and I myself can grasp onto a little bit of their knowledge and integrate that into our daily lives. Are you having trouble losing weight? Do you get extreme food cravings, especially at night? What about the inability to lose weight even when you cut calories and do a lot of exercise? I know I fell into this category for pretty much most of my life. It's actually probably not even your fault. You most likely have what's called leptin resistance. Leptin is actually a hormone made by the fat cells that regulates food intake and energy expenditure by communicating with the brain. The more fat you have, the more negative leptin messages are actually being sent to your brain. This creates what's called leptin resistance and is going to sabotage all dieting efforts and causes food cravings even when you have enough fat stored. Introducing Zenith, this is an all-new, completely natural formula that gently decreases leptin levels to restore accurate communication between fat cells in the brain. Zenith contains zero harmful stimulants. It's made of all-natural polysaccharides and acetylated fatty acids, very safe for long-term weight loss plans, and it is made in the USA. In an eight-week, university-conducted, double-blind, placebo-controlled study, participants lost 21.3 pounds of fat, lost almost four inches off their waistline, and reduced serum leptin levels by 43%. So if you or someone you know, someone you really love is struggling with weight loss, head down to the show notes. I'll have a link there and a few videos where you can learn more information about Zenith. So listen, I've been experimenting with different types of minerals, especially magnesium, for the past five to six years. But I could never really find a product that I could feel the benefits that magnesium claimed to give. Magnesium is one of the most important minerals for all of human health. It participates in over 600 different biochemical reactions in the body, yet over 80% of the population is deficient. Magnesium deficiency can increase risk for all disease and greatly decrease optimal performance. That's why I like Bioptimizers. They use all seven forms of magnesium in a highly bioavailable form in their product Magnesium Breakthrough. Magnesium helps with stress, anxiety, sleep, immune function, detoxification, and so much more. If you want to try out this product, head over to Bioptimizers and use code INTEGRATIVETHOUGHTS10 to receive a 10% discount on their amazing product, Mag Breakthrough. Today's guest is Jay Campbell. He is the author of the Testosterone Optimization Therapy Bible. He is also known as one of the industry leaders around all things peptides. And I wanted to have Jay on the show because I've actually never really went public about my use of TRT. I believe TRT saved my marriage when I had chronic Lyme and mold. It helped to restore energy. It lifted my mood and most importantly, increased my sexual function so my wife didn't leave me. In this episode, we're going to talk about frequency of injections, uh, injections versus creams, why you shouldn't use aromatase inhibitors, fertility, and so much more. So sit back and enjoy. Jay is a wealth of knowledge about all things hormone optimization. Jay, welcome to the show, brother. How you doing? I'm awesome, Matt. Thank you for having me here. I'm always humbled, honored, privileged, and grateful whenever I get an opportunity to speak to somebody like yourself. So let's make magic, bro. Absolutely. So uh, you actually didn't know this. I haven't told you this, but um, I actually have not spoken about my um, testosterone use ever on Instagram or a podcast. And 
I felt like it was only right to get you on the show to kind of dispel some of the myths, talk about the benefits, talk about how to do it correctly, because I've been a fan of your work ever since you were on Ben Greenfield's podcast years ago. I heard that right when it dropped and I thought, nice. wow, he actually is. Um, This this sounds different than what I've heard. Like, you know, I've used a cycle back in my 20s. You know, I never did the crazy anabolics, but I did a cycle of testosterone back then. Didn't know much about what I was doing. Just got a little bit bigger, but then come full circle um, I had heard your stuff, but still didn't use it for a while. I was really sick. Um, I had ended up having Lyme disease. And wow. uh, honestly, uh, TRT kind of saved my life during that period. I could not get even with like a 700 testosterone, testosterone score, like on my blood panel. I just felt like I had all the symptoms of low T, though, just sure. low sex drive, just no energy you know, mental function. And a lot of that was from the, you know, obviously the, uh, the load that Lyme disease puts on your, your neurobiology and all of that. But once I started taking the TRT, um, I really gained back a lot of the sexual function, a little bit more energy, my mental space kind of went back. So, um, why don't you tell everybody kind of how you got started and your journey with, uh, testosterone optimization therapy? Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, let me just first say that uh, testosterone, I, I like to tell people, well, first of all, I, I mean, I don't have to tell you this because you, you know, but like, we live in the matrix, bro. Like, most people don't understand that the environment is so contaminated now, especially in the West. You know, obviously, I was telling you, you know, I expatriated myself. I live in Mexico now. And sure, the food, there's plenty of GMO food down here. But they don't have the 5G and the EMF electromagnetic uh, uh, frequency ra radiation that I had up there. So, you know, my head's a lot clearer. And they also don't have the atrazine and the glyphosate that's everywhere in the United States. So you're not nearly as, as nearly as contaminated here as you are in the States. But I will suggest that there's very few people over the age of 25 anywhere, again, in coastal, large coastal population or urban centers, that doesn't suffer from a hormonal deficiency. And that's not just for men. That's also from on the women's side. You know, if you really want to extrapolate and start thinking about like the whole trans movement and all this nonsense where people are so sexually identification confused, this is all due to this full scale, call it, you know, chemical onslaught to our endocrine systems. So males and females, you know, obviously you, you had uh, toxicity exposure. I mean, there's, millions of people in the United States right now that have it that don't even know, right? Like they're right. Dr. Anthony J, I'm sure you're familiar with him. You know, he talks about people that are exposed to heavy metals or exposed to mold or, you know, whatever toxins, and it gets into the rinds of their physical fat. And then they can't even lose the weight, even if they diet and exercise correctly. Right. So it's like a really bad situation in the United States. But so I say all that to let, to let people know that it's very rare today that a person is not suffering from some form of a hormonal deficiency. So obviously you found out like when you started using therapeutic testosterone, that like it was a game changer. You started to feel better. You got cognition, you got dopamine signaling back. The, the problem Matt, is, is that the average physician, and I shouldn't even say the average physician, I should say 95% of physicians have no earthly idea how to optimize a male or female's hormones. They're not taught it in medical school. It's not standard care uh, practice. They, they ha this is all like highly nuanced. They have to learn it in the field from their experience, right? So it's like I always tell people like, if you think you're going to go to a PPO or an HMO doctor and get hormonal optimization, you, you're brain dead. I mean, I mean, I mean, if anything, they're actually going to make it worse because they have no idea what they're doing. So 
again, you have to take the initiative. I like to say you have to become the proactive scientist of your own health. You, you cannot be a 30-year-old man or woman. And, you know, again, I could go lower, but let's just start there and think you're going to go to your PPO or your HMO or, again, your insurance doctor and say, hey, doc, I need you to measure my testosterone levels. I think I'm suffering from a hormonal deficiency. They don't even know how to do it. I mean, that's not a joke. I mean, they literally don't know how to do it. If you got one that did, they wouldn't read your free testosterone. They'd just look at your total testosterone. And then they would look at the standard mean deviations, which they've been lowering for the last seven years. And then they tell people, uh, and just so people understand what that means, it's top, top, of the, at top of the range and bottom of the range, they're lowering them, compressing the values. They, they say they're lowering them because the average male or female is now obese, which is true. But that shouldn't be a reason to, to lower the standard mean deviation of total testosterone levels. But the truth is, uh, the smart doctors that you know follow this will tell you they're just trying to further restrict testosterone, th uh, therapeutic testosterone prescriptions. Because again, dude, and again, I have a tinfoil hat that I could put on if you want. If you mm -hmm. want to go super deep, I mean, I really do. Tinfoil hat company is like a sponsor of me. Um, they don't want optimized men, bro. We know that. They don't want powerful, masculine men. They want weak, you know, uh, cucked, I think is the word they use on social media. They just, they, they want <laughs> men that absolutely will not be strong role models, you know, dads, leaders. They want weak, submissive, uh, you know, suck-ups. That's, that's just where we are in society today. So again, it's just part and parcel and endemic to nobody understanding that if you have a uh, testosterone deficiency that you're going to tr seek treatment. So again, what is the solution? Well, the solution is, you know, to go into the biohacking space and listen to people like myself and, you know, various other people, there's other people out there um, who can talk about this in a scientific way. And, and that's the reason that, you know, like what you were saying, when you heard me on Ben Greenfield, by the way, bro, that was five years ago, right? That's how fast time is flying. Right. But, you know, I was probably like one of the first times, especially at that point in time, um, to talk about this in a non-bro way. You know, like, I mean, obviously, I clearly look and feel and appear as a bro, right? But I'm talking about this from like a clinical perspective. And so kind of like that really separated me. And, and obviously, again, shout outs to Ben, you know, for giving me the opportunity to come on because I just published my book and he had just read it. And he was like, bro, your book is unbelievable, man. Will you come on my podcast? And I was kind of like actually reluctant because I was like, you know, the previous four years, because I had written my first book in 2015, dude, I was being set up. Like they wouldn't, even, if I would, if they, if they would even bring me on, they would like, you know, aren't you just advocating steroids or, you know, it would always go down those rabbit holes. And I'm like, uh, no, this is therapeutic testosterone. This is a true story. To this day, I still cannot run an ad on Google, Facebook, Instagram, anywhere about how to use therapeutic testosterone because the, you know, the overlords say that it's sexual you know, you're, you're, you're in like the sexual uh, performance enhancement game or something like that. It's uh, unreal. All the alphabet agencies. Exactly. But it's, it's, it's <laughs> literally unreal. But as you know, a young little, a, a girl, a young girl can get sexual, uh, you know, what is it? Uh, changing their identity uh, treatment at 15 years old, state sponsored. So but a 50 I mean, year old can't take TRT. Yeah. The whole, dude, the whole system is broken. Men have to like, obviously again, be very proactive they have to seek out doctors that are not in the cat, you know, they're in cash pay. They're not obviously in the medical system from an insurance obligation standpoint. And then you got to, like I always say, you got to make sure you're, you're, you're working with a doctor who does have an experiential body of work, right? Like they've been working with patients, both hopefully male and female for at least 10 years, because look, man, this is 
uh, tweaking the endocrine system is a, like I said before, it's a nuanced deal. You can't just, everybody's biochemically unique. Everyone is N of one. You can't just give like a cookie cutter protocol or templatized version of like TOT or TRT or, you know, therapeutic testosterone because everybody's so different. But when you do work with a doctor who knows what they're doing, they kind of understand, you know, there's, there's, there's kind of like a, a balance sheet. And they can get you optimized, you know, pretty fast based on like their experiences in the past. But it's crazy, bro, because I mean, and you know this too, like the, the misinformation, it's still out there on the Internet. I mean, I, you know, I don't even go on Instagram or, or YouTube very often because like I just read nonsense, just complete bro of just absurd. There are so many men that are being harmed. I mean, I would say that 85% to 90, it's probably 85 to 90% of men right now, bro, are still using aromatase inhibitors, killing themselves on therapeutic testosterone. And they don't know because the doctors give them these things. These are the most harmful drugs on the planet. I mean, I could go and off a tangent and just talk to you about AIs again, which is, you know, an estradiol blocker or a DHT inhibitor, which is, you know, finasteride and shit that people they put in their hair to regrow their hair. All of these things are cell toxins. Like there's, that's not my opinion. These are scientifically proven. But again, the marketing companies of big pharma own the airwaves. They own the social media channels. You know, I had a company, you know, Danny promoted it for a long time. We sold it last year, Oxano, but, you know, we ran it for three years. I mean, not Oxano, a sear. Oxano was our flagship product. It's a hair product. That was another one. We couldn't promote it because it was a peptide-based hair product that actually regrows hair and works really well. At least in 70% of our customers, it worked. In the 30% it didn't, it's because they're flaming dumpster fires of humans. But like, you know, at the end of the day, you couldn't even do an ad on that because the, the, the DHT guys that own the um, hair loss industry from an advertising perspective would block it. They just said, oh, no, no, you, you can't have any peptide-based hair products. You've got to use DHT inhibitors. And then you start looking at the research you know, and again, you know, I, we, we wrote a lot of articles. The New York Times put, picked up one of them in 2021. But, dude, I'm still mind blown at how many people are using DHT inhibitors, shutting down their sexual function to keep their hair. And then when they stop taking it, all their hair falls out because what it does is it attaches to the, you know, the follicle in the scalp and it literally uh, prevents it from miniaturizing. And so as soon as you stop, all your hair falls out. Not to mention it causes sexual dysfunction in like 80% of the people that use it. But again, dude, they control the industry. All you have to do is watch a football game or, or this weekend, especially college basketball, and four hymns is on every goddamn channel showing these guys who, you know, like they prescribe me minoxidil or they prescribe me a DHT, a topical DHT inhibitor, and how it grows my hair back. And it's like I watch these things, bro, sometimes, and I'm like, my God. But these guys don't know any better. There's nobody out there like me telling people what's happening because they just won't. They're, I mean, you know, they're, they're not going to say the truth. Nobody wants the truth. They want to be <laughs> nobody wants, to. honestly, people to be optimized. It seems like masculinity has been labeled as toxic lately. And it's really a lack of masculinity, in my opinion, right. that's toxic. And I know you know that. And once you feel optimized, um, I want to get into the difference between like bro cycles and TRT, sure. the difference. but for people that don't know, like when your testosterone is optimized, you are actually very calm. You are not exactly. aggressive. You are less not aggressive than when you have low testosterone. Totally. So it's, it's insane. Totally. It's like you feel better. Well, that's why all those guys are passive aggressive, right? When you run into these passive aggressive weak guys, 
they have no hormonal balance. And so when you're like perturbed, I mean, really, if we look at this from like an energy standpoint, their energy is going like this. Whereas guys like me and you, our energy is just like this. It's like a constant peak. And you know this, bro, you can go and work all day. The difference when you're like 35 or older is that guys that are on testosterone can work nonstop and then can come home and still be dads and husbands. But the guys that are not are dead by 2.30 in the afternoon. And as you know, they're either on Adderall or massive amounts of caffeine. I mean, you know, you know the story. A lot of these guys are taking like six cups of coffee a day. Their adrenals are shot. They don't sleep at night. They got big bellies. I mean, it's insane, dude. But again, not enough people know about this. It's crazy, dude. No, I agree with you. So why don't you tell, well, actually, let's go into some more of the signs of what someone who may be listening, what's the signs, what are all the signs of like low testosterone that someone who, because like you said, I think a lot of people are just unconscious and they actually have some of these signs and symptoms they don't know about. So what are the signs of low testosterone? I love you. They're unconscious. You mean NPCs? Yes, they are. (laughs) No, for the non-NPCs who are not aware, let's just call them, they're they're just not aware. They don't have anywhere to turn to, right? We know that if they go to their, well, look, here, well, let me just, it's a great question and it's important to classify this. So this is what normally happens. And, and again, this is guys, not just bros. Bros are a little bit more advanced, but an average, you know, Joe six pack, bro, he doesn't say anything. And then eventually he can't get an erection. And the wife then takes him by the balls and is like, you're going to the doctor. And so then she sets up the appointment. He shows up. The doctor, you know, again, uh, is like, oh, you know, you're depressed because obviously that's one of his main symptoms. Right. And the doctor will write him a script for an SSRI. And the guy's just like, "Okay, you know, it's my co-payment, whatever. And then I'll be like, yeah, but doc, you know, my wife and I I can't get it up. And he was like, oh, no problem. We'll give you the blue pill or the pink pill. Right. Which is Viagra (laughs) or Cialis. And this is what happens in nine out of 10 men who are lucky enough to actually go to the doctor. Because again, remember, the doctor is not checking their blood levels. The guy has no idea that he has a testosterone deficiency, but he knows that his wife is going to start fucking somebody else if he doesn't get an erection. Okay, so that's that's literally how this works. And then eventually, and, th- and again, this is horrible, but if he takes the SSRI for like 45 to 60 days, now he's dependent on the SSRI. He's changed his brain patterning. He's rewired his synaptic pathways, his dendritic pathways, his serotonergic pathways, his dopamine pathways. He's now got a dependence on that. And bro, the SSRIs actually further inhibit the feedback loop of the hypogonadal axis. So now like he has no testosterone. So now he's dependent on a brain medication to make him feel somewhat better, but he's actually lowered his natural testosterone further. So he's like I said, he's in this like vicious feedback loop. There's no winning solution. And even if he does take the pink pill or the blue pill, he has no libido. So it doesn't matter. So this is literally, I'm not joking when I say this, this is 90% of society. But to answer your original question, the number one symptom of a t- testosterone deficiency is brain fog, right? So again, the, the, the misinformation and the negative propaganda, most people are like, their dick doesn't work. Do you know how many guys I've literally con- either consulted with or you know had conversations with in like the last 10 years who are like, bro, I'm good down there. I'm like, bro, that doesn't have anything to do with whether or not you have a sexual deficiency. I mean, a testosterone deficiency. So, I mean, again, it's like a badge of honor for guys like, right? Like they want you to know that their dick works. 
It's like, well, <laughs> that doesn't have anything to do with anything. But again, they've been lied to by so many people, including the mainstream media at all times, that they don't understand what it even matters. So it's like, again, a lot of these guys are still able to get an erection because they're already using the blue or the pink pill. And so they don't think they have a testosterone deficiency. Heck, they have no idea. It's crazy. But uh, brain fog, listlessness, passive aggressive behavior, you're indecisive. You can't make a decision. You know, you're you're not making the decision for your wife. Honey, where are we going to go for dinner? I don't know, honey. You pick. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I mean, there's so many not like non-masculine ideals that you can't fulfill when you have a testosterone deficiency. And again, like I said, like, where do you go? If you're not paying attention to me and, you know, again, there's other people out there. Um, it's so convoluted. There's so much bullshit. How many times do you think guys get information from bros at the gym? Way too often. I see it, it way too often. And then make it worse, bro. Yeah, they're doing way high amounts and then they're on all kinds of different pill forms and anabolics. And it's like, I know a guy recently, he's like about passed out when he was working out and he's been on all kinds of shit and he's not checking any levels. And I was just like, dude, you got to come off some of that shit, bro. You just literally about passed out of the gym. You thought you were having a heart attack. Like you don't know what any of your levels are. Like that shit's insane. Like you look good, but you're fucked up. Yeah, I know, dude. I mean, well, so to that, Anybody who's watching the show and everyone out there has to, you know, and again, I, I probably it should be 25 now. But again, I always just kind of use 30 because I always wrote that, that number in my books. And I know it is getting worse and worse and lower and lower. I mean, there's kids that are 18 years old that have like 100 testosterone levels, bro. It's insane. It's insane. Um, but every man at 30 and up should do their has to get their blood work done at least once every two years. Now, again, if you have a deficiency. Uh, after you get it first done, you're going to have to get your blood work done a couple of times, you know, over the next 12 to 15 months. So you can see where you went from to where you are now, like somebody like me, right? Like I've been on therapeutic testosterone since I was one month from turning 30. You know, my story is very, very open. I got kicked in the balls, had no idea, went to a PPO doctor. And again, there's no uh, coincidences, only synchronicities. He recommended me to an endocrinologist. The guy measured my testosterone. This is back in 1999. And he was like, look, man, you have the testosterone levels of a geriatric. I can put you on therapeutic testosterone. You'll be right as rain in eight to 10 weeks. Uh, but go home and talk to your fiance at the time, you know, and it, make sure she's okay with it. Because, you know, you have to inject yourself a couple times a week. And again, this is in 1999. So, I mean, this guy was a Harvard-educated endocrinologist. I was living in Pasadena, California, and he was in Orange County. Um, and so, again, it was not random, you know, because I obviously then took on this mission to teach people about this stuff. But like after eight weeks, bro, I was like, Jesus Christ, this is the most insane thing. And he wanted to take me off. And I was like, whoa, 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 why do not more and more people know about this? Why is not this all over the world? And there was nothing. You know, the only places that you could find actual scientific research on using testosterone was either Bulgarian strength manuals or Russian. And you had to read Bulgarian or Russian. There was nothing. Now, the guy that I really, that really I give a lot of credit to and I mentored under for a while was uh, Nelson Virgil. And he wrote a book. The first real book on testosterone was called Testosterone, A Man's Guide. And he was dying of technically dying of HIV. And so he was like seeking out, how do I do this to survive? 
So his book was more designed and written around that, but he had a lot of good information. And obviously, like every, any other good biohacker, he figured out how to use this. Um, but then really my book came after that, which was the first one, which is the TRT manual. And it was published. I mean, it was written in 2014, but we didn't end up publishing it until 2015. Um, and then, you know, that kind of started me on the internet fame cycle or whatever. And now I've published six books, uh, you know, subsequent to that, you know, in biohacking and health and performance and all that stuff. But um, it's it was very interesting, like finding out, you know, where I did from like a very granular starting out infancy level of like how whack the medical industry was from a standpoint of like really truly understanding this and flash forward to now bro and there's very there's been little to no improvement again they don't want doctors to understand how to manipulate the endocrine system because if you do that you cancel big pharma's arms and you know their power i mean big pharma has this world enslaved. I mean, you know, people talk about the cartel of Mexico. That is the cartel. Big Pharma is the global cartel. Okay. They're mobbed up in everywhere. They're, I mean, they're, I mean, it's estimated they're like a $3 trillion industry a year. Right. But like most people don't realize that you don't need any of those drugs. I mean, I was just, I was just doing a, uh, I can't remember who I did a podcast with recently, but we were talking about the Rockefeller uh foundation and you know when they and, and and again this has all been suppressed but like in 1910 or whatever it was between 1910 and 1914 the the wangler report came out about how the rockefeller foundation this is in 1910 by the way suppressed all of the homeopathic or homeopathic and herbal and natural drugs and supplements in the world to push their petroleum distillate products which they also knew, and this is crazy, and a lot of people don't know this. I didn't know this until recently, but they knew that the petroleum distillate uh, pharmaceutical products, so basically everything that's sold by big pharma today, not everything, but most, uh, would ultimately wear down the organ and biological systems. So they, it was like this inbuilt like system of like they'd always need meds because they would need meds to cover up the side effects that the other meds would create. And then they also knew that these meds would eventually kill the, the end user because, again, it's wearing out the biological systems and the organ systems that the humans have. And, I mean, Matt, you know this. The average adult in America right now who's 60 or older is taking 20 pills a day. Think about that. 20 pills a day. And, by the way, they're not taking shit like you and I are taking to live longer. <laughs> They're taking pills that their doctors say they have to take. And then all these people fucking die between 65 and 72. They have actuary tables about this. And I always tell them that the goal of big pharma is to get the person dead before 75 and hopefully bankrupt. The way they really want it to work out is that the person literally runs out of money and then dies because now they can't keep taking money out of them. So you think about like how, and you've heard this, I'm sure in your own family, we all see this stuff. Towards the end, these people are taking experimental drugs that they can't even afford. And then they, you know, they go through wars with their insurance or Medicaid or Medi-Cal in California or whatever it is. And then they're like, they get an exemption or a grant for 18 months. And then it just magically happens that month 17, they die. It's bro. It's insane. It's literally insane. But I mean, if you're doing the shit that we're talking about on this podcast today, you don't have to be that way. You know, I will never be taking drugs from big pharma. I don't even go to the doctor. 
I mean, I tell people this right now, like all the diagnostic testing that they want us to do, like colonoscopies, uh, breast, you know, what is it? Um, uh, Mammographies, like all of these things are scams. They're all designed to find things that are just naturally part of aging and then tell you that you have a tumor or a growth or a uh, you know, uh, uh, what do they, what do they call it in the colon? They find a perforation, whatever it is. And then they, and then, and then you say to them, well, is it cancerous? And they say, no, but you know, we recommend you have it cut out because it could become cancerous. So then, you know, again, if we're going to go real hardcore here on quantum physics and we start thinking about the thoughts become things, well, what do you think the average person does? They start thinking, oh, I'm going to have cancer. Cut it out of me. 50% of all invasive surgeries in a hospital in the United States when you're 60 or older result in post-surgical infection and death. Death! It's a coin flip if you have a surgery in a hospital and you're over 60, right? So, I mean, like, people do not understand this kind of stuff. If you did, you would not be going to the doctor for anything unless you had a gunshot wound and you needed to have the gunshot shrapnel or the ammo that's left in your body pulled out and you need to have it surgically sewn up, right? Like I had a cyst on my back that I just had my plastic surgeon buddy remove. He thought it was a lipoma. We didn't even know. And he pulled it out. He's like, oh shit, dude, it's a cyst. And I'm like, are we good? And he's like, we're good. But it's like, <laughs> no, other than that, like, why are you going to a doctor? There's, it's all a scam. Dude, I know, and, and again, I'm blessed to meet so many people that have been very, you know, calm, famous, or, you know, renowned in, in the medical field, who also realized it was all brainwashed and got out, you know, and now they're pretty much influencers, you know, they, they make money in, 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 on, you know, online digitally, um, and they don't have to be attached to big pharma, and they will tell me off air, I mean, they will tell me on air, because they feel like the big pharma will still try to kill them or send an attack drone. But they, I mean, they've told me they're like, bro, every single diagnostic testing procedure. And I mean, I can't tell you this person's name because it won't be good for that person. But this person is a Harvard educated Yale doctorate, famous doctor. Okay. And I've done a couple of shows with her. I just gave away. She's a her, but that's not enough. It's <laughs> a lot of hers. She pretty much told me that every single diagnostic test that they create between 40, 50, and 60 for men and women in hospitals are, are all scams. They're, they're designed to create fear in the patient. So then the patient goes home and thinks about it, thinks about it, thinks about it, and eventually says, yeah, cut it out, cut it out, cut it out. And then again, quantum physics, that which is focused upon tends to manifest. Thoughts become things. We create it. We create that reality. We create a cancer. Or when we think about it and we worry about it and we fear it, and then eventually we manifest it. So that's the entire allopathic medical system. So it's like, if you want to not be sick, then affirm every day that you're healthy, whole, and complete. Use therapeutic testosterone. Use peptides. Exercise. Live insulin controlled. Don't become reliant on that criminal system that, you know, is a scam. I mean, again, dude, but people are not proactive. They don't think about this kind of shit. They've been brainwashed. Their parents were brainwashed. Your parents, my parents, generations of people have been brainwashed to go to the doctor. I mean, literally, I remember when I, and again, I'm very advanced, but I mean, I remember when I was a kid and I remember my mom taking me to HMO. My parents, you know, I was the oldest of nine kids and we were poor. 
And I just remember my mom sitting there listening to these people. And I was like six or seven between, I was like between six and 10, I'd be sitting there listening to, to the doctor talk to my mom. And I'm thinking to myself, why are you listening to this person? <laughs> this guy doesn't know jack shit. And I was like seven years old. But I mean, again, I'm a hyper aware soul, right? So it's like, I saw this kind of stuff at an early age and people, dude, people are just brainwashed. The lab coat God, when it speaks, has like, it's like subliminal mind control over people. But my doctor says. <laughs> Who gives a shit what your doctor says? Dude, half of these people are fat, insulin resistant, inflamed. As soon as they go off rounds, they go out and smoke two cigarettes. I mean, the whole thing is such an inversion. And the fact that people can't see this. And look, man, you know, when people watch this, I want people to understand, I'm not against physicians that are optimization physicians. But I mean, dude, like, here's the truth. And I said this a lot. If you're 30 years old, 35 years old, or 40 years old, and you go to a HMO slash insurance doctor, and you say, hey, doc, I want you to optimize me. I want to live to 120. What can we do? They, they look at you like, what? What symptoms do you have? Dude, the whole thing is an inversion. No one knows until you realize that you have to opt out of that entire thing. You and you alone have the power to take over your health. Like I said, living, you know, Danny and I just did an Instagram live the other day, Danny Vega. And, and we were talking about this like, and I love him for this. He's always like, you know, dude, I know you know all these things, but he's like, I really want to go at the very beginning and tell people that if you don't have the basics, it doesn't give a shit. Who gives a shit? Testosterone will help a little bit. Peptides might help a little bit. But if you're not doing all the other things, then it's not going to matter. And he's right. And no, that's, that's actually why I love your message. Like you, you don't just say, hey, yeah. you're 40 pounds overweight, take some peptides and take some CRT. <laughs> like, no, you need to... Uh, find a diet that works for you, whether that's low carb, keto, paleo, figure out how to, you know, at least balance blood sugar. Like someone like me, I don't do well on keto. Like my, my gut dysfunction just goes terrible. Yep. So I do need carbs, but I don't eat any carbs until dinner. So I'm having basically keto for my first two meals, my breakfast, my lunch. And then at dinner, I have my carbs and it's mostly like raw honey, fruits, you know, sweet potatoes, pumpkins, you know, paleo-ish style diet. Yeah. But, you know, that's one blood sugar spike a day and as right. compared to an average person who's overweight and whatever they're drinking a soda here, eating a snack, gummy bears there. Like they're spiking their insulin 20 times a day, maybe more. They, they yeah. don't they're just they don't even know. So I do like that you focus on diet, exercise, you know, cardio exercise, a lot of different things. You don't just say that this is like a, a, a panacea. Exactly. Exactly. And look. To say, you know, to, to, to focus on that for a second, like, and I, and I definitely am not the guy that invented this. I think it was Charles Poliquin, but, you know, I, I hit on this really, really hard in my first couple books on dieting and fasting back in 19, uh, 2018, 2019. Um, you have to be metabolically flexible, Matt. I mean, at the end of the day, every person who is going to be lean and muscular, let's just call it, you know, you look good with your shirt off, male or female you're controlling your insulin in some capacity, whether it's carnivore, keto, fasting, uh, control, you know, um, low carbs, Atkins, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It's all the same that you're controlling your insulin. You have to live insulin controlled. You cannot, like you said, you cannot be eating carbohydrates and processed foods and HFCs 
and pounding it, you know, washing it down with alcohol and sugar drinks like colas and, you know, all sorts of acidic crap. So it's like, you know, people get all caught up in like this diet or that diet or, you know, again, keto or carnivore. And it's really metabol, you know, are you remaining metabolically flexible? Are you fueling your body relative to your energetic demands, right? Because it's true. Like bodybuilders have to have carbs. Now, I know people will argue that and say, that's not true, bro. But at the end of the day, you, you have to, at some point, refill muscle glycogen stores. And sure, protein through gluconeogenesis, you know, can do that, but it's so inefficient. And it's not something that anybody who really wants to build an awesome physique over time should do. And I can say that because, look, man, back in the 90s, before anybody even knew what a ketogenic diet was in the fitness industry, I was like Lyle McDonald's guinea pig, like the very first book that was ever written on a ketogenic diet in theory and practice, which was crazy Lyle McDonald's book. I was his research confidant. Like I was in hardcore ketosis for three years when we were doing cyclical ketogenic diets, targeted ketogenic diets, all this stuff. So I know what it's like to be in ketosis for three years. And man, it's horrible. I mean, it literally retards insulin metabolism. When you come out, you're in a fucking coma, like a diabetic coma for months at a time. I went through it, you know, in my 20s. This is way before I was doing testosterone, way before I, I did anything, um, you know, other than that. So, I mean, I was always like involved in this space in some way, shape or form. I was fascinated by dietary and, you know, physique modulation and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, dude, if you're going to live longer and stronger, you have to control your carbohydrates. And, you know, everybody, you just said it, you're yourself included. Everybody's biochemically unique. Some people can eat more carbohydrates than others. You know, I find, you know, if you've ever read that guy's book, he's dead now, but Dr. Peter Diamo, he read the, he wrote, he wrote a book called the blood type diet, like certain blood types and haplogroups can handle more carbohydrates than others. The closer a person's genetics are to the equatorial plane, it's evolutionary biology. The more they evolve to just reach up and pull down food, which was like you said, fruits and vegetables from the trees, which were always more carbohydrates. So they had more controlled and regulated blood sugar. So if you take one of those people, and my wife is like this. My wife is mom is Mexican. Her dad was like uh, Irish and had some uh, Cherokee Indian blood, but she can't fast or do like low carb for very long. She needs carbohydrates. Her sugar crashes, her you know insulin crashes, especially when we wear the thing. So it's like, for me, dude, I can go three days without food. You know, I'm from the hunter gatherers of like Northern European, you know, Northern Eurasia. You know what I'm saying? So like Neanderthal. So it's like, we're all different, but you have to understand like from a genetic standpoint, like how do you handle carbohydrates? And so if you're somebody that can go three days without food, you know, you don't need as many carbohydrates as somebody that needs to, you know, jumpstart their insulin, you know, every five to six hours. Now, granted, I'm not saying that somebody can't train themselves, you know, epigenetically, because my wife now will fast for like, it's not really fasting, but 14 to 16 hours, you know, she won't go without food um, when she's really trying to not trying, but when she's trying to get you, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, when she's leaning out. But, you know, somebody like me, I mean, I fast for 24, 26 hours, you know, that's, and, and I can do it no problem. Um, I'm actually writing a book right now. I was telling you, you know, the second book is coming and it's called 30 Days to Shreds. And it's going to be, I mean, this is no exaggeration. It'll be the best book in the history of the world for now, at least. I'm sure something better will come after it um, on how to low, lose the most amount of body fat, like pure body fat while maintaining muscle 
in 30 days or less using all the hacks that we have available to us now. And as you know, bro, in the last three years with all these different peptides and all these GLP-1 agonists, you couldn't do this kind of fat loss five years ago. You know, I was just talking to BPAC. He just texted me literally 10 seconds ago. <laughs> I, I literally was just talking to him about this like a weekend ago. And he was like, man, that, that'll be awesome. Cause a lot of people were interested in that, but you know, the rave, you know, all the, uh, the obesity drugs are out there right now, like terzapatide and semaglutide. And, you know, they're all the rage now for obese people, but for people like us, if we, if you use them and you know how to use them correctly, they're unbelievable. I mean, you can do whatever you want. So like, that's, you know, my book will be based on like, do this for 30 days and don't deviate you know, and this is the kind of body fat loss you can, you can, you can receive. And that, and so that's what, you know, I'm going to be writing about that, but it's like, we're in the golden age of fat loss right now. We're in the golden age of uh, not just fat loss, but just feet physique uh, modulation. Like if a person knows what they're doing and eats clean and again, lives insulin control, knows how to train, knows how to get the right sleep, knows how to get rid of all of the, you know, electromagnetic frequencies that are irradiating our bodies. Dude, you can live very well i mean it's getting harder and harder in the states because the food is so contaminated but you can still pretty much insulate yourself if you know what to do and the information is available yeah and i like this uh new age as well because um obviously people just used to use all of the steroids and high dose and a lot of these peptides and therapeutic testosterone i think are going to be working as effectively or better but without all the negative consequences and Dude, side way effects better. as well way better yeah. way better mm -hmm. but i mean again it's the buyer beware user beware type thing where it's like you still have to know what to do where are you getting your information and like i said the average bro on on youtube is getting that information you know million plus people following accounts is putting out completely bogus nonsense bullshit again, dude, like you said the matrix rewards falsehood they don't reward truth the truth tellers are always the guys with the smallest accounts and the smallest audiences because again they don't promote truth you know what i'm saying so it's like i always tell people like if you're getting your information from so-and-so who has three million followers on youtube the likelihood that you're getting 50 percent falsehood is is very high because that's what youtube promotes i'm not saying that you're not going to get value because everybody has some value but at the end of the day, most of the stuff that you find online when it comes to this realm and this industry is completely bogus. And look, man, you know, especially being the guy that I am in the testosterone and peptide space, almost everything in the testosterone space is bogus. Almost everything. I, I stopped playing the game of like, you know, going on and debating and like challenging people because there's no value in it for me. It's useless. I feel like you should just keep spreading your message instead of trying to argue about it. And then it people so will gravitate useless. towards it. It's so useless. I mean, it's but see, terrible. that's the thing is it's people, what people don't understand is they're getting harmed. They're literally shortening their lifespan. And they're literally willing to fight you over shortening their lifespan. So like once I started realizing that I was just like, you know what, bro, I'm sorry, man, I can't help you. I'd love to help you, but you're not willing to be helped. You know, you want to fight and argue over things that you don't truly understand because, you know, you listen to somebody who's been telling you the wrong shit for 10 years or eight years or six years. But there, thankfully, there are smarter guys out there now. You know, like I'll give you guys, I'll give you one name of a guy like Victor Black is amazing. You should follow him on Instagram. You know, he does um, safe models of uh, drug use. 
and he knows i mean he's been on my podcast one time him and i go way back together but like he's actually out there helping the bodybuilding community i mean he's literally helping all of these guys who have harmed themselves to get off or to drop their cycles to very very small surgically precise dosages um to where they you know aren't walking ticking time bombs and dude look you know we could talk about training if you want to again and this even goes into the pros 95 percent of guys that train don't know how to train have no idea that i mean they, i mean again that's not to say that a freak a mutant isn't going to get big if he's close to the gym right he could just do everything wrong and still be a mutant he has those kind of genetics but if people understood how to build muscle correctly they could use tiny microscopic dosages of testosterone and peptides and growth hormone and still look as big as they're looking with all the stuff that's killing them but they don't understand they i mean again it's all nonsense i talk about this all the time like you look at the average bodybuilding workout bro they do 30 sets nobody ever if they actually know how to train to positive muscle failure should mean should need more than like six to ten sets per body part per workout but nobody knows how to train like that because they're literally doing what they read in the magazine or what they read some bro online that they purchased their course, you know, and the guy's got five sets of incline and six sets of flies and eight sets of push-ups and five sets of dips. I mean, it's like, what are you doing? But this is what's out there because people don't understand. And then psychologically, when you have to do 30 sets for a body part, you don't push yourself because in the back of your mind, you're like, I got to save some for the other's exercise. So, I mean, dude, everything is like an inversion in the matrix. You know, some of us, we get to a place finally, you know, and I'd be truthfully myself, I'm 52. I just turned 52 on February 24th, but I didn't know how to train until I was like 42. It's only been 10 years that I knew how to train. And I had a great physique in my 30s. I mean, I started therapeutic testosterone at 30. But I didn't know how to train. I had to work under a master. I literally mentored under a master, right? And so it's like, you know, you you just, it's amazing how simple it is to fall prey, you know, to the BS. Because everything that most people read online, bro, is usually the opposite. I know, I know it sounds horrible to say that, but I know you know that. I mean, it's like, until you finally have some level of awareness and you start seeking these things out yourself, you're just going to just be told, you know, by this guru and that guru and this expert and that expert, and they all cancel each other out and contradict each other, you know? Yeah, I, I totally get it. And I totally agree. So now that we've kind of dispelled that you're pretty much being lied to, your environment is toxic and polluting and sickening and pretty much your bad sleep, your poor habits are all affecting testosterone. Why don't we get into some of the specifics? When you are looking at someone's blood work, do you have an optimal range that you're trying to get them to once you're using testosterone? Or are you basically just looking at like bio-individuality and specific uh, symptoms? Okay, say that again. I'm sorry. But I, uh, I, I, I listened to 90% of that and then I got pinged and I turned my head and my <laughs> concentration got sucked out. So just yeah, it was a good I'm, question. I want to make sure I answer it correct. Just basically wondering, like when you start working with somebody, are you looking at specifically only lab ranges like uh, testosterone numbers on blood work? Or are you just like more so looking at like bio individuality and symptoms and then giving them testosterone based on the symptoms? Yeah, amazing question. Um, it's always symptoms. So lab work is a gauge. So like one of the guys that I mentored under in this realm was Dr. John Crisler. 
may he rest in peace. He died in 2019. Horrible story. Actually, 2018. It was 2018 or 2019. It doesn't matter. But uh, he taught in his book, Testosterone. Um, well, I can't even think of the title of his book anymore. But it came out after my book. But uh, he said that the, there was a twofold goal in therapeutic testosterone, and it was happiness and balance. And if a man is happy and a man is balanced, it doesn't really matter what his levels are because some guys' levels are going to be four or 500 and they feel amazing. And some guys' levels are going to be 2000 or 1800 and they feel amazing. So the problem is, is that, you know, when you're working with a physician, if they don't understand that, which again, two less than 5%, let's just be that, be, be gracious and say less than 5% know that, bro, they're going to be managing your, your, uh, your practice or testosterone based on your labs. Now, as a doctor, you know, again, you know, they've got all these, there's, you know, and again, I've had this, you know, conversation with many docs, but they're like, you know, Jay, you just play doctor on the internet. We have to be governed by the state medical licensing boards, right? And they're true. That's true. But at the end of the day, like, the truth is, is that you can, you can absolutely um, manage a guy's endocrine system. And this goes for women too. Um, irregardless of what their lab panels are. Because you are looking at them as an individual and not their labs. Okay. The numbers on a piece of paper are meaningless in comparison to how the person feels. So generally, a free testosterone level, and let me just say, free testosterone is more important than total testosterone. Okay. Total testosterone is a measure of the actual uh, full amount of testosterone is measured when they take the test. Free testosterone is a measurement of the biologically active testosterone in your system that is unbound and usable, right? So the average doctor who doesn't even measure free testosterone, like I told you before, doesn't know what they're doing because free testosterone is really the only number that matters, right? Now, some guys will debate and say, well, then why are they even doing total testosterone? Because they just want to get a gauge. But the free testosterone number is always the number that ma matters the most. So by and large, Matt, like an over 40. And again, there's different labs. So, you know, I'm talking about LabCorp or Quest Diagnostics in the States. But a 40 or higher free testosterone level usually equates to a man who feels pretty good. Okay. Um, estradiol being measured is the biggest source of confusion and consternation in the whole entire therapeutic testosterone world because, again, Majority of doctors and, of course, now their patients believe that that estrogen should be compressed into this narrow range according to the blood laboratory measurement, right? And I think it's – I haven't even looked at it in so long. They're they're lowering and changing that too. But I think it's somewhere between like 22 and 47 or 22 and 37 or something. It doesn't matter. But the doctors will see that. And when they see you at 57 or 67 or 87 or even 97, they freak out. And they tell you as the patient that your estrogen's too high. And then what do they do? They put you on an estrogen blocker, put you on an aromatase inhibitor medication like Arimidex or Aromacin. There's others. And all of those are cell toxins. They literally are cell toxins. They are literally women's breast cancer medications that they give to women that have end-stage breast cancer uh, to, to suppress or inhibit the um, over overproduction of estrogen that's leading to the, the cancer. And so you give the same freaking horribly toxic medicine to a man to suppress his estrogen and you cause all sorts of problems because estrogen is what confers protection to all your biological systems. So your brain, your vasculature, 
the muscles, the bone mineral density. I mean, it, everything is estradiol, which obviously converts to estrogen through an aromatase, I mean, through the enzyme aromatase from testosterone is what confers all the protection to your biological and organ systems. So people are even more confused because they think testosterone is actually more important than estrogen, and it's not the truth. Estrogen is more important than testosterone. So why would you block it? So really, in truth, you know, so everybody hears this and they understand this. When you start therapeutic testosterone, you are genetically going to have an, an estradiol slash estrogen level that's going to be based on your genetics. So if you're one of those guys where your estrogen goes to 100 or 120 or 140, but you don't have any symptoms or side effects and you feel good, that's fine. But again, 95% and more or, or, or 90 to 95% of doctors, when they see that number, are going to freak out. They're literally going to freak out. And they're going to tell you that, oh, you're... You have high estrogen. Your numbers are way too high. I got to put you on a blocker. And then, dude, a lot of them, too, they lower their testosterone dose. It's unreal, dude. And like That's I said, crazy. this is 90 to 95% of doctors, bro. No These are 90 to 95% of even TRT doctors, correct? Like you're yes. saying doctors, but I'm talking about even if you're getting, even if you're no getting testosterone. You they have are... no idea. Yes, exactly. They have no idea. So that's why I do this kind of education because if you watch this and you're one of those guys, first things first is you got to find another doctor because you're not going to go to your doctor and convince him, Hey, I heard this guy, Jay Campbell. And he said, that guy's going to be like, who the fuck is Jay Campbell? Is he a doctor? <laughs> so they're not going to give a shit. And then second of all, uh, they don't know what I'm talking about anyway. They have no idea. <laughs> so, I mean, like you have to, as a man, Get a second opinion, which is obviously find another doctor. And obviously, all you have to do is just email me. I mean, but there's other guys out there now, um, you know, too, that can help you. But the good news is, Matt, there's plenty of doctors now that do understand how to do this right. There's still the minority, an extreme minority, but there's enough of them, depending on where you are. There's plenty in Florida, you know, but they're, but they're, but they're out there. It's just you have to, again, become the proactive scientist of your own health. They are not going to help you. And dude, honestly, I tell people this all the time. If you've been on an AI for 10 years, you definitely shorten your life. Wow. I mean, you're definitely not going to live as long as a guy who hasn't been on an AI for 10 years. And I know that's a hard thing to say, but I'm sorry. You think go even if they come off of it? Well, you can go get your biological age test done, you know, with True Diagnostic or Glycan Age. And now there's a couple other ones coming into the marketplace. Um, and they measure your telomeres, right? They look at your telomerase expression. They do, you know, they do other things from a measurement of like your cell um, biology. Um, and eventually, I would say within the next two years, they'll have enough people that have gone through this now that they'll do a qualitative, uh, you know, predictable AI measurement of all the people that have gone through. And they'll be able to tell the people who are going to live longest and strongest because, again, they can look at their telomeres and they can see based on, you know, because these people obviously do, um, what do you call it, surveys of what they take you know, DHT inhibitors, AIs or whatever, they'll be able to Im immediately, like, like I said, quantify, like who's using DHT inhibitors and AIs and then cross-reference all that. And they'll see that those people's uh, telomeres are way shorter, which is just means automatically their lifespan is going down. I'm gonna let my dog get, he's scratching my door. <laughs> Come on, buddy. Come on. All right, you're good. I'm listening to you. 
Yeah, that that's insane. And I actually never took any of the AIs because I had been introduced to your work before I ever tried it. Thank God. My first guy, he sent me some and I just never took it and just kind of yep. played along with it. And then um, now I do have a doctor who's actually read your book, who's totally in, in alignment with your stuff. So that's that's great to know. And awesome, people listening, definitely, uh, I would say jump off the AIs if you're on those. What about um, delivery systems? I know you used to be big into injections and yep. then now you're into the cream. Why don't you tell the benefits of, of both? So honestly, they're really similar. Um, you know, it's my hope that before I die, you know, sometime in the next like 10 to 20 years, I mean, assuming humanity has that long, <laughs> that they'll be able to come up with an oral delivery system that doesn't, you know, uh, toxify the liver or the kidneys. Right now they don't have it still because again, it's got to go through, it's got to go through what is called methylalkylation. And that, you know, is first pass in the liver and uh, an oral testosterone tablet and they used to have this a long time ago called methyl testosterone. It was so t liver toxic. If you use methyl testosterone for two months, your liver would fall out. No, no exaggeration. It was, wow. like, uh, it, was, it was like drinking alcohol for 40 years. You know, um, you have, what is, what is that called when your liver falls out from alcohol? It was cirrhosis. That's what it would, that's what it would do. But um, there are people out there now work, working on like cyclic, uh, like cyclical dexatrin orals that will skip the liver in some way and still give you somewhat of a testosterone bump. So I hope that that will get here. It's not, it's definitely not close enough and they obviously have to improve the technology, but other than uh, that, you know, coming for the future, there's only two delivery systems that are worth a shit and that's injectable, which you already said. And now the transdermal, which is really the transcrotal, which is what I use um, you can place a cream, a 200 milligram per milliliter cream. There's three different versions of it. They're all the same though. There's HRT, uh, TRT, and atrovaceous. Um, and they're basically just a compounded cream. You cannot put a gel on your scrotum. It'll burn like shit. I mean, you have any idea how many guys have been like, bro, I put gel on my scrotum and I was crying for an hour. I'm like, yeah, and you're probably going to cry for another day because you just burned your shit for like, it's got a first degree burn. But see, that's the thing is like, Again, it's it's so unscrupulous, the testosterone industry. You know, Androgel is still the biggest selling testosterone delivery system in the world. It's 50 milligrams, Matt. It's worthless. And they've sold this to millions of unsuspecting older aging men. And then they use it and they get no effect because the dosage is too low. So creams or transdermals are very fast acting. So if you're going to put a 50 milligram cream or gel on your arm, and most of these guys are putting it right here or right here or the inner of their thighs, uh, absorption is terrible. It's not, it's not um, an exact science. Um, and it doesn't get into portal circulation very fast. So like anybody who's ever used those, and I have, of course, you know, when I was biohacking this way back when, knows that you don't get a really strong effect. And you also are massively unbalanced uh, endocrinologically. Um, because again, your estrogen is going like this, your testosterone is going like this. It's not absorbing well. The scrotum is eight times more permeable. The skin is very, very thin down there than any other skin uh, system on the body. So when you put cream, like right when you get out of the shower in the morning, you know, hopefully you have a little shaved fashion powder to put it down there, you get really good absorption. And it mimics your body's natural production because the half life is so fast. So the half life is somewhere between four and six hours. But again, we're all different. Some people are hyper excretors of testosterone. They're out, you know, it's out through their system and it clears in like two and a half hours. 
But for average, the average person, you know, it's somewhere between four and six hours. So um, if you do that, it is mimicking your body's natural production. So you have very few side effects. Now, some guys, I'm not one of them, but some guys can do it, take a second dose uh, of the cream at night too. So you can apply it twice a day. And, you know, if you want to go away with your wife or your girlfriend or whoever, um, and you want to get frisky, you can always apply a second dose because again, the half-life is so fast. Okay. So I started doing that in 2019, actually middle of 2018. So I've been on the cream now almost five years and I don't inject myself anymore, but truthfully, the injectable delivery system is about the same. The difference is obviously it's less invasive with the cream. You don't have to carry needles with you. If you travel a lot like I do, it always just became kind of like a, you know, it was always just like, I'd always have to, you know, check them in my bag and I'd have to hide them in my hygiene bag. And it was just always one of those things where like, okay, I got to carry three shots with me for a week or maybe five shots if I'm going away for two weeks. And so I just, you know, it was always like a burden. But, you know, at the end of the day, as far as, because people ask me this all the time, like, what's better? I don't really think it's that much different uh, other than it's less invasive. And, you know, when you're injecting yourself, okay, over time, you're going to get scar tissue. Like you can still see, I have this knot right there. Okay. And that's from injecting myself in my delt for years. And my deep tissue active release lady got most of it out, but there's just like one hardened fascial adhesion that she could never get out right there. So it's just something that people have to understand. Um, that you're going to deal with. You got to have, you know, in my opinion, regular, um, you know, active release massage to get rid of the scar tissue. If you're going to inject yourself, um, just, you know, for some people you hear injecting and they just go, I'm out. I'm not going <laughs> to inject myself. Same shit with peptides. But I always tell people injecting yourself becomes like brushing your teeth. You know, you're not using a harpoon, you know, and again, here's another thing. Doctors have no clue. They're giving guys like 22 gauge, 23 gauge needles and those things are fucking horrible they're huge you can't be injecting yourself regularly with that so uh you want to use like a 27 or 28 gauge needle it's not an insulin needle but it's close so that when you inject yourself you barely feel it you know and most of the compound testosterone formulations that are on the market today are uh you know put the ester that they use is like a non-gmo ester so it's not inflammatory like grapeseed oil uh, mct oil there's a couple other different uh, variants and particulates that they use, but you can, those things are pretty aqueous. You know, they'll go through um, a 26, I mean, a 27 to 28 to a 29 gauge gate will pretty easy. You can also inject yourself. If you don't want to do shallow IM, you can inject yourself like in the belly and kind of like intra, uh, subcutaneous. A lot of guys do that too. Some guys can't do that. They get like what is called a uh, kind of like a cellulitis response where they get red bumps. Uh, I was always one of those, like if I injected myself in the belly, I would always get that like rashy, bumpy, you know, just didn't like it. So I'd always inject myself like here, here, and then my upper butt, like on the upper, it's called the upper gluteal fat pad, like right here on the right side. Yeah. And what about uh, frequency of those or uh, injections? I know you talk about the frequency and how you can switch that up. And it's funny because... I don't know if you looked into it. I was like kind of looking over the liver King stuff and he's like this multi-billionaire. And I could have swore if I remember correctly, he was only injecting once a week. And I'm like, how is this guy with all this money under supervision doing his TRT injections once a week? That's, that's ridiculous. I mean, 
first off, I'm not sure if that was 100% correct, but I'm pretty well, sure that it's off, once a week. Everything that guy's ever said is lies. So, I mean, like, you know, <laughs> you can't really believe anything he's saying. I, I highly doubt that he was, I know he's not uninformed, so he's probably just BSing, but, um, well, maybe not. I mean, again, dude, I, I, the stupidity in the, in the, in the performance enhancement industry is like, it's off the charts. It never ceases to amaze me. I've seen it all, but, uh, Delivery is the most important thing because, again, you're attempting to mimic your body's natural production. And the natural production of testosterone is usually at night. We call it diurnal, which, you know, this is why men wake up with morning wood. Between 3 and 5 a.m. is when you have the spike, your androgen spike. That's when your body, when it's like normally producing testosterone. And by the way, that's a freaking misnomer because nobody produces normal testosterone today in this fucking <laughs> contaminated world. But um, when you when you have a morning erection. It's because you have the most of your production, your natural endogenous production happens between three and five in the morning. So if we're going to inject ourselves with testosterone, we want to do it every other day at a minimum and at an optimum daily. Now, again, very few people are narcissistic and anal retentive enough to inject themselves every day, although there's some guys are, you know, I get guys out there all the time is like, bro, I do it every morning. It's like fucking brushing my teeth, man. I love it. <laughs> right. But very few people do that, bro. You know, if you travel for work or, you know, you got to do shit all the time, like you're not going to do that. That's that's a lot of work. So the next best thing is like every other day and every other day is to understand this, because, again, you're injecting sipinate or anandate, depending on where you are in the world. The half life of those injectable esters is 24 to 36 hours. So if you're only doing two shots a week, you're going to be in a trial going down by day three. But if you inject yourself every other day, you're never really coming down. So you're injecting yourself as you're, you know, you're going like this and then it's maybe leveling off and then boom, another injection. So up. So you're constantly like this. So you don't have downs or ups. You stay pretty balanced. So that's that, that is always going to be the best strategy. But again, I tell people like, if you want perfectly optimal the cream on the nuts once or twice a day is going to mimic your body's natural production even more than the injection will because it's got such a short half-life. But and then the, the next cream, rest thing would be obviously daily injections. For the cream, is that harder to obtain than the injections or that's relatively easy nowadays to get? As Not well? if you're in the United States. No, if you're in the United States, they have it in every compound pharmacy. Like I said, it's 200 milligram per milliliter. If you're in the international community, it's way harder to obtain. They don't have, you know, there's two or three places, I think, pharmacies now in the EU that carry it, but it's still hard to get it. And, okay. and I mean, again, remember, there's tons of 50 milligram testosterone uh, gels. Every single one is worthless. Never use those. They will never optimize you. If anything, they actually lower your body's natural production even further, further inhibiting you, making you worse. I've had to unfuck so many guys who are on Androgel in their life. It's insane. And again, these are the guys, Matt, who say that it doesn't work. Bro, I'll blow your mind. You can go to a website called testosteroneaddiction.com. Very few people know about this. And this is in the Midwest. And whoever built and designed this site is actually knowledgeable. And they have massive amounts of testimonials from men and women from the upper Midwest who have been quacked into oblivion using testosterone. And they're out there screaming to the rooftops about how testosterone is the devil. 
and how this is the greatest scam in the history of medicine. I mean, I, you know, if you want to laugh, people like you and I can go on there and, and laugh. But it's sad because some of these people, they just don't know any better. Oh, well, I mean, all of them don't know any better. But I mean, you know, their stories are valid. I feel bad for them, man. I would love to, whoever runs that site, I would love for them to just like come to me one day and be like, hey, man, could you speak to our people? But I mean, if I did, the whole site would get shut down because then they'd be like, oh, you did it wrong. <laughs> What do you mean we did it wrong? Dude, I'm telling you, a doctor told me about that site like three years ago, and I didn't even believe him. And then one night I went in there, and I literally was like, oh, my God, this is a train crash. I cannot even believe it. But go in there tonight or tomorrow and read some of the testimonials. You'll be like, bro, think about this. We, we got to talk about this for a second. The most uh, prescribed delivery system in the world is pellets, testosterone pellets. They are possibly the biggest scam in the history of medicine. Like, I mean, there's a lot of, that's a strong statement, right? Because there's a lot of scams. Maybe the V is the biggest scam. But at the end of the day, the pellets are such a joke. They're expensive. They don't work well. And dude, the average doc that prescribes and, and implants a pellet has no surgical training. So imagine allowing a person to slice you open who doesn't even know how to cut you. And then implanting a pellet that is unnatural, that your body wants to, what is called extrude, push out. Bro, I have an entire, <laughs> I have an entire folder in my cloud from people in the last seven years who have sent me pictures of abscesses and extrusions from their pellets from not being inserted correctly. That are the nastiest things. Like obviously for confidentiality purposes, I can't show you them. But these people have been permanently scarred like, you can't even believe how big of a farce testosterone pellets are. And again, it's a giant profit center. It's a multi-billion dollar year business. And when I talk to these people who do it, they're like, bro, I can't inject myself. I travel with the government, blah, blah, blah. You know, they have a hundred excuses and it's like, it's the only way. And so like, usually I end up agreeing with them because it's like, well, fuck, I guess having some testosterone is better than none at all. But it's so... It's medieval, bro. It's I mean, it's literally medieval. So what is up with the pellets? Are they supposed they're basically I've never really looked into them. They're supposed to like time release testosterone yeah. over time. Yeah, is that kind of how that works? Scam because like I so I told you, we're all out of one and biochemically unique. So they what they do is they're supposed to uh dissolve over six to eight weeks. Bro, I know people that go through the entire pellet in six days. Because again, we, we, we cannot molecularly break down the testosterone ester. We're all different. So if you're considered what is called a hyper excreter, meaning you break down the testosterone ester really fast, you literally are now sitting there for six or seven weeks with no testosterone in your body, waiting for your doctor to insert another pellet. It's like literally hell on earth. Imagine. I mean, imagine. And by the way, all of the people, not all, but 95% of the people that start off with pellets, they go through this. They feel like death. And then they go on and they rant on about how testosterone doesn't work. It's a scam. A lot of them are on the testosterone addiction site. A lot of them. <laughs> I was just about to say that. They're all on the a website. But dude, I mean, imagine this. I mean, this is the truth too. This is how big a quackery medicine is. Imagine you're a foot doctor and you get a marketing letter. Most of them at times it's direct mail from the guys that run, they're called uh, 
biologics. I forget what they're called. It doesn't matter. They're the guy, they're the, they're the, uh, the big, big, uh, pellet inserters. And they say, Oh, looking for another way to make money in your practice. Come to this weekend seminar and we'll show you how to inject pellets into your patients. So these people know nothing about hormones. They know nothing about hormonal optimization. But this company is like selling these weekend seminars to any physician with a, you know, with a, a, a pulse and a heartbeat who wants to make a new revenue stream. So, I mean, imagine going into your doctor, he's a foot doctor, and he says to you while he's working on your foot, hey, have you ever thought about getting hormones? And they're like, you know, my aunt, sister's, uncle's buddy was telling me that he got that done. He goes, yeah, I can put a pellet in you right now. <laughs> I'm not kidding you, dude. That's how it works in the medical industry. So, I mean, a lot of those people, now remember, then now that guy, the podiatrist, is slicing your ass open to insert a pellet. <laughs> that is bizarre and insane. And dude, I swear to God, that's how it works, bro. It's un, it's most unbelievable shit you could ever imagine. Like I said, medicine is literally a three ring circus. A three ring circus. That's why I wanted to have you on here because, um, you know, to come out and tell people that I'm on TRT, I wanted to be able to just say, hey, listen to the podcast. There's lots of nuance and context to it. And there's a lot of things that you need to be checking and looking over with a well-informed optimization style exactly. testosterone doctor. You shouldn't just go to anybody and get TRT. You just really should. 100%. And let's to add to that because they're going to ask these type of questions. Like, what is a standardized dose for inject injectable? What is a standardized dose for transdermal? So when I injected, which was 17 and a half years, I had never used more than 150 milligrams a week. And again, I three shots. Monday, Wednesday, Friday was normal. Sometimes it'd be Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, whatever, if I was traveling. But never more than 150 milligrams a week. But the standardized, you know, if I'm going to say anything is templatized, accepted in medicine is 200 milligrams a week of testosterone. Now, I see guys out there all the time getting like 250 to 275. That's not therapeutic testosterone. That's steroids. I'm sorry, but that's steroids. That's too high of a dose. No man, and I don't give a shit what size you are, needs over 150 to 200 milligrams a week. Now, a lot of the ex-bodybuilders that were taking three grams of testosterone a week, you know, have written to me. And, you know, these guys are educated guys. A lot of these were ex-pros. And they're like, you know, Jay, we listen to you. We love you, blah, blah, blah. But uh, you got to understand, bro, I shut down my body's production and I need 275, right? But again, that's a psychological need. This is an adaptation in their brain chemistry because they were on such high dosages. Bro, I don't know how much you know about, you know, being geared out. When you take two grams of testosterone a week, your central nervous system is so regulated and so accelerated, you can't even sleep. Most of those guys are using GHB, you know, the date rape drug, mm -hmm. to sleep. Because it's the only way to shut down their central nervous system. They're so amped. I mean, they're basically superhuman. They're metahumans. You know, but um, that's the only way they can sleep because the testosterone has accelerated their CNS. So it's like, yeah, of course you're going to have brain chemistry changes, right? But that's all pro bodybuilders for the most part. So that's how they sleep at night. You know, again, there's not a lot of people out here telling these stories. You know me, dude. I don't care. I have no shame. I tell people the truth. I've consulted with so many of these people. And it's always in the process of wanting to help. 
You know what I mean? Like, and a lot of these guys, they, they you know, they really want help. They're desperate, you know, and I do my best that do the best I can, but 200 milligrams is a max, man. You know, I see I guys, say, it's not true, bro. 225 is enough. And you know, it's not, it's not too much. And okay. Maybe, maybe, you know, I, I, I can go along with the 200 to 225, but anything over that is too much. And, and, and again, I will debate that nobody needs more than 150 to 200 if they're, if they're spacing out their shots. Now with the cream, because again, it's way faster acting. It's like four to six hours. You know, some people say it's eight hours, but it's mostly in my experience, four to six hours half-life. Um, and it also clears the system so fast that you have to put it on once a day. Okay. Some people need two a day. I don't ever like telling people, it's twice a day. Most doctors, when they start you off, are going to put you on twice a day because they want to see how you you feel and, and see how you respond. And that's judicious and intelligent for sure. But like for somebody like me, bro, if I put it on twice a day, I want to have sex with everybody. <laughs> I, mean, my, I, you know, I have test goggles. You know, a woman, a hot woman walks across the street with a small waist and a big butt. And I'm like. So it's like, you know, I'm productive. Yeah. I mean, I'm in control of my life my personality and my um, my higher self when I'm like fully balanced and controlled on, you know, one application of this, of the uh, cream a day. Now, like I said, if my wife and I go away and we're, you know, want to get frisky or nuts or whatever, you know, I might put on a second application at night after I take a shower or something like that, you know? Um, and by the way, I should say this because a lot of guys say this all the time. They ask these questions. They're like, bro, but what about my daughters or my kids? If I put it on my nuts, like, you know, uh, how long until I don't want it to rub off on them or whatever. I mean, that's insane. The truth is, is that it absorbs very fast, 45 minutes to an hour. The majority of it is going to go in to where you need it. Now, yes, there's always rub off in the cream in the stabilizing agents and you'll get it in your boxers or whatever later in the day. But look, man, if you get some on your wife 10 hours later, and you guys are getting frisky or being intimate or whatever, or, you know, whatever, it's not going to be a big deal. So many people freak out about that. And they're like, I don't want transference. <laughs> You're not going to have transference unless you literally have your wife go down on you 10 minutes after you put it on. And I, that's kind of retarded because it would taste like shit. Okay. You know what I'm saying? She's licking your scrotum or whatever. I mean, you know, that's your wife's not going to do that anyway. But I mean, there's the risk is so minimal. But I've heard so many guys, they, you know, they read some of these studies and they're like, oh, there's always a risk of transference. No, there is. It absorbs really fast. So it's not really an issue. Good. Good to know because a lot of people listening might think about the creams and think about that could be a potential sure. issue with kids or wives or whatever. Mm -hmm. What about some of the like kind of cofactors that uh, a lot of docs give, you know, HCG, <laughs> gonadarellin? What about all of those type of things? Are you with those, against those? So it's a great question. This is an awesome podcast. Um, you have to use an LH or an FSH stimulant or call it an adjuvant if you're desiring to remain fertile. Okay. You do not need any of those things if you don't desire to remain fertile. Now, there are people out there that will debate me on that. Okay. And they'll say, there's LH, which is luteinizing hormone receptors all through the brain pathways and all through the skin. and we want to bathe those receptors by giving up an HCG pulse forever. No, completely BS. Um, the truth is, is that when you're older and you're not wanting kids, if you give yourself HCG, which is human chorionic gonotropin, 
And again, a lot of guys do this to keep their balls, you know, sacky and fleshy and hangy, which is retarded anyway, as you get older. I mean, who wants that? But like, they're like, well, I don't want my balls to shrivel up. First off, your balls don't really shrivel up. Now, they eventually, when you shut down your body's natural production and you're using testosterone, your balls will descend, which means they come up. It sounds weird, right? Because descending means they fall, but it's actually they, they push up. Um, but then once your body realizes that you're not making anymore and it's coming from the other one, they go back to normal. I don't know how it is. Again, it's just, I think it's just the amazing human dynamic na uh, nature of our, you know, homeo. It, we, we always, we always crave homeostasis. So the body, again, this is a massively amazing internally, internally diagnostic regulating, uh, machine finds it, right? So, you know, after you've been on testosterone for a year, your balls will become like they normally are. Okay. Um, but so uh, you don't need HCG and, and, and for guys that do take HCG when they're older and they're not remaining fertile, what's happening, Matt, is there's two signals. You've got your primary signal or androgen signal, which is coming from the testosterone. And then the HCG, which is a minor androgen spike and estradiol or estrogen spike is like the baby spike. So you're taking both of these and you're literally causing disturbances in your endocrine system because the body is seeing two separate spikes. Even though HCG is very minor in comparison, it still sees it and it's like, what the fuck? So that's why guys are on HCG have what have more uh, quote unquote minor side effects, especially like acne. You know, they get acne on their back, uh, which is, you know, a, a often complaint. And again, your endocrine system is being disturbed. The endocrine system is seeing one pulse from the from the shot or the cream on your nuts, and now you're injecting HCG a couple times a week, and it's seeing it as a second pulse. And so it's like, what the fuck, right? So I am against it. I don't think that you need it. Now, again, I already said, if you want to have kids, you have to use it, okay? But you don't have to use it as much as most docs tell you you do. And remember, Matt, docs want to make money. So they're going to prescribe more and tell you that you need more or that you need to be on it all the time. But I found, and again, I, you know, this is written about in my book and I've been paid a lot of money by a lot of people to get people fertile again. So I know what works and what doesn't work. You just need a very minimal signal of HCG a month um, to, to maintain sperm motility and an active FSH and LH signal. So what does that mean, an active signal? It means that when you get your blood work done, your FSH and your LH is showing something. Now, somebody like me, when I, I don't ever get my FSH and LH looked at anymore because it's a mean, meaningless um, biomarker to me. But if you looked at mine right now, it would show nothing because I don't have any LH or FSH. I'm, I don't have any way to, to impregnate a woman. I don't have modal sperm. But again, I don't care. I don't need it. I'm not looking to impregnate somebody. I'm 52 years old. I'm done, right? But I very clearly, so people were aware of this, I had both of my daughters when I was on therapeutic testosterone because I knew what I was doing. So if you want to have kids when you're on testosterone, you have to use HCG and HMG in combination. Now, HMG is human menopausal gonotropin. Now, you can get HMG... They actually now, from what I understand, it's hard to find it now. So you now they sell FSH as like a biologic, which is the same thing as HMG. Um, so uh, you get an FSH analog 
or an or HMG and you use it in combination with HCG. And dude, as long as you don't have any kind of permanent sexual dysfunction and you have actual sperm, you'll get your wife pregnant fast. Yeah. So I'm looking actually to be fertile starting later this year. I'm 35. Um, what kind of dose of HCG? Like right now, I take uh, 0.15 twice a week. Is that fine, enough man. or do you got to bump no, that up no, when you're trying to be That's literally perfect. When you start taking the HMG, I don't want to give you a wrong number. So just go to the book. It's in the book. Okay. I'll send you the PDF of it, but it's in there. You can just search like right in the top of the PDF, HMG, HCG. I don't even remember. It's so weird. You know, I forgot, but <laughs> it's right there. But that's perfect what you're taking HCG. Most, see, most docs are giving you double that dose. Who's your doc? Do I know him? Um, he, he read your book. Um, his name's Peyton Newman. I don't know if you know him personally or not. His name sounds familiar, but that's good. There's a lot of younger guys out there now that are familiar with my stuff. So that's awesome. You know, they're definitely out there doing a good job, but that's the right dose, dude. That's perfect. I would actually argue you probably could just drop it down to once. And then, um, I mean, it depends though. If you feel fine and you don't have side effects, you don't have acne, you don't feel like mood alterations from it, then just stay where you're at. But you definitely. I don't ever really get acne. Yeah. Then you're good. You don't need to do anything with it. Cool. What about another myth um, that I hear a lot uh, about bloodletting, phlebotomy, blood donation, whatever you want to call it? What's your thoughts around people on TRT and having to uh, do uh, uh, blood donations? Amazing question. Um, so 95% of men that are phlebotomized are that's wrong. So here's the truth. All the research, and this is all new stuff in the last two or three years, and we're writing an article on this right now, but um, and it needs to be out there because people are so confused. When you phlebotomize a man, you drop their iron. Okay. And when you're phlebotomizing them two or three or four times a year, like a lot of guys that are happening who are on injectable testosterone, um, dude, you're putting them in dangerous territory, anemic. I mean, it's bad. Okay. You don't do that. And And how we know this now is wrong is because when we look at people who live at elevation, People who live in Colorado, Mile High, you know, Denver, uh, South America, like in the, in the uh, like in Argentina, the Andes, Peru, they live at eight thousand to ten thousand feet high, and they look at their blood. They have massively high hematocrit and hemoglobin levels, and they're perfectly fine. So the truth is, is that when you're on inje- and this is m- normally applies to injectable testosterone, you're increasing the oxygenation of your red blood cells which is actually a good thing. But the docs who have been, again, trained incorrectly at this, they see a level of, say, 48 to 50 on hematocrit and 18 to 20 on hemoglobin, and they instantly say, oh, your, your, your ranges are too high. We got to go. You got to go donate blood. And that is absolutely wrong. Okay. The, the people living in elevation, they see them all the time at like 20 to 24 or 56 to 58, and it's perfectly fine. And the correlation here is that when you're on therapeutic testosterone, because injectable uh, testosterone is increasing the oxygenation of your blood, it's like you're living at altitude, which is actually a good thing. The more oxygen in your red blood cells, the better you breathe. Now, the other thing too you have to understand is a lot of men, and this is another reason why they phlebotomize them, they don't fucking do cardio, bro. And that is the that dumbest, my next question. That is the dumbest shit that you can do because, again, when you increase oxygenation to your red blood cells, 
you increase the viscosity of the blood, which thickens the blood. If you're not doing cardio, again, to reoxygenate and to obviously break down, you know, all of the quote unquote lymph and antioxidants and oxidative damage and everything just from living, that stuff can build up. And that's why a lot of these guys start feeling lethargic and they start feeling kind of like energyless or not, I won't say energyless, but they have like a malaise. And so as soon as they see that, the doc's like, oh, your levels are too high and they full bottomize you. Dude, I've had guys who have come to me who basically were near death because their iron and platelet counts were so low because they were being phlebotomized every two months. And it's like, motherfucker. And remember, dude, a lot of these guys are fat. You have to understand, like, and, and I, and I want to I explain this because I don't do a really good job of explaining this because I don't really have a lot of people that can understand it at the level that you do. If you're a fat person, Let's say, you know, you're an average Joe six-pack guy and you're 20 to 25% body fat and all the fat is in your belly, which is most Joe six-packs, right? Because they're pounding beer and eating pizza. And they have a testosterone deficiency and they're lucky enough to go to a doctor that says, oh, I'll put you on testosterone. <laughs> Did you hear my dog? <laughs> yeah. All right, bro. We'll let you out. I don't know why you got to go now. Where are you going to go? Um, so, so what happens is um, they inject testosterone their, with their bellies. And a lot of them are injecting right into their belly um, because, again, it's easiest, right? That's what the doc tells them to inject into the belly. They actually create an inflammatory cascade because that fat is visceral. Visceral body fat around the belly, around the organs in the mid midsection is the most inflammatory substance that we know in the world. Seriously, visceral fat is more inflammatory than kerosene. So when you inject testosterone and the body being inflamed already because it has all that visceral body fat sees testosterone coming in, boom, cytokine storm. So now you have a reaction to the testosterone in the belly. And then that guy has all these symptoms and side effects that average quack doctor defines as high estrogen symptoms. But they're not high estrogen symptoms. They're literally symptomology reactive to high uh, inflammation, visceral body fat, and insulin resistance. So all those people out there talking about, I have high estrogen symptoms. I got to be on an AI. I have you know mood imbalances, water retention, blah, blah, blah. No, dude. There's not even a, such a thing as a high estrogen symptom. There is literally a reaction, an inflammatory cascade, a cytokine storm, or a cytokine, you know, people get mad at me. It's not a storm, Jay. It's just a mild cytokine reaction. Okay, whatever. But those guys are literally having symptoms and side effects from being inflamed. So all of this high estrogen symptoms bullshit is a myth. There is no such thing as high estrogen. Remember, I already said, the higher your estrogen, the more protected you are from vascular illness, from brain chemistry or neurodegenerative disorder as you get older, and bone mineral density. So if you're one of those guys that injects testosterone and your estrogen goes to 150, that's a fucking gift from God. Because you're more protected now than you were previous to testosterone. In fact, all the literature, and it mostly is in women, shows that the minimum protective effect from CVD, cardiovascular disease, is 75 estrogen levels. Dude, the average doc who sees you or me with a 75 estrogen, he has a heart attack. 
He wants to lower our testosterone uh, dosage and he wants to put us on an AI because they don't have a fucking clue. So, I mean, you know, to extrapolate all of that, there's no such thing as high estrogen symptoms. There's a reaction to high levels of inflammation, which are caused by insulin resistance and too, too high of levels of, of visceral body fat. So when you inject that testosterone into those inflammatory uh, substances like visceral fat, boom, you have those symptoms and you have that reaction. But it has nothing to do with high estrogen. And so that's where the confusion is. Dude, honestly, when I say that, there's 2% of the universe that practices medicine that understand that. I think they're the first podcast I've ever been able to actually explain that. And it was like in the perfect time to talk about it because this is where people get lost is like in the weeds when they start trying to understand all this. And then their doctor keeps saying, oh, no, 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 you have high estrogen symptoms. We got to put you on an AI. You never need an AI. What about like uh, my one... My one functional practitioner, he said if it gets over 80, he likes to use this like Chinese herb. I forgot the name of it because mine's always sits around 50. But, oh, dim. Um, they use dim. No, dude, it's all BS. The okay. more, the higher the level, again, in the, in the absence of symptoms or side effects, the more protected you are. I literally just sent to one of the biggest clinics in the world today, a very, very high level. I recommend them. They're in Miami. They had an email that went out today about dim which is D-indomethyl or whatever, which is a quote-unquote natural aromatase inhibitor. Bro, we don't ever inhibit estrogen, ever. Natural or drugs, it's all retarded. But again, that's the way they were taught. I, you know, I sent it to their, to their director and the director wrote me back. He's like, I know, man, it's five years old and it's in a, a five-year you know, automated email. And if I cancel it, it trips the whole thing. I'm like, all right, well, it's still wrong. But it's, 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 uh, it's just, it's, this is an industry that is, we learn by the day. There's new information coming us to by the day and the whole understanding and awareness of blocking estrogen, using AIs, uh, or using natural aromatase inhibitors like DIM and there's other shit out there. It's just retarded. We never block estrogen. We do reduce body fat and inflammation. And if you're fat and you have a lot of metabolic dysfunction because you have a belly, you got to get that fat off. Dude, I, it, it's just the truth. And I know this is tough because they'll say, well, testosterone is lipolytic. It enhances fat burning. It enhances uh, de novo lipogenesis, not lipogenesis, lipo, lipolytics. And it helps me burn fat. Well, that's true. But if you're 25% or more body fat and you start injecting testosterone in your belly, you're going to have high estrogen symptoms which are high estrogen symptoms, right? But that's what you're going to have them defined as by your doctor. So like I always tell guys, like, look, if you're really fat and you start testosterone, it's not going to be easy. You're going to have a lot of symptomology. You need to get your ass unfatted. You know, live insulin controlled, drop the belly fat. I mean, if you're going to do testosterone and do all that at the same time, that's better than not. But if you're just going to be one of those guys injects testosterone in your belly thinking it's a panacea, dude, you're not going to have a good experience at all. I totally agree. I, one thing I wanted to circle around uh, as we're winding down on time is I know you said everything, everyone's kind of bio individual, like, so someone could feel good on a, a hundred testosterone. Some people might feel better at 1500. Are there any like signs or symptoms that people can look out for to like, they're like, all right, maybe my testosterone's a little too high and I need to, to decrease my dose. Yeah, for sure. Like if you have blood pressure issues, your dosage is too high. Now, granted, if you're fat, you're going to have blood pressure issues anyway. But 
for sure, no normal blood, hypertension issues are due to poor physical conditioning and too high of a testosterone dose. If you have massive water retention and you're not on an AI, that's also due to too high of a dose. Uh, if you have a mood imbalance, too high of a dose. Um, but again, a lot of times all of this stuff levels off. Look, man, if you're doing 200 milligrams a week and you're spreading out your dosages and you're not taking other things and you're not a fat flaming dumpster fire, the chances that you're going to have any side effects are none. I mean, bro, I tell people this all the time. They're like, yeah, but you know, dude, you're full of shit. Side effects. I'm like, I've never had side effects. I did this right from the beginning. I've never had side effects. The only time in my entire life that I had side effects was four years in. I, I left Dr. Scruggs and I started working with another doctor. And this guy was like, I want you to do transdermal. And I went to oh, yeah. here to here. And again, in the purposes of being a biohacker slash guinea pig, you know, I had uh, endocrine perturbations. I was not balanced. I, I remember I had like, uh, I wouldn't call them hot flashes, but I would like be mad. You know what I mean? There would just be like times where I would just like get inflamed by people, like angry. And eventually it was like, it's this. This is just not, you know, these things are. And by, and by the way, this is back in fucking 2003, 2004. The delivery system of cream was not like it is now. You know, they were still working. It was rudimentary. They didn't have any of the like, you know, the uh, what do you call it? The uh, the agents that could cross the, you know, the skin barrier like like they can now. And, and plus, you know, we weren't using it on our our balls. So we, you know, we didn't know, you know, we, I mean, we didn't even know about putting it on the scrotum until 2016 when we, there was some research that came out. And, and my doc, you know, the guy that Dr. Keith Nichols, who was the guy that convinced me to switch over, he took him two years to get me to, to do it. Cause I, you know, my experience <laughs> with the previous transnormal, I was like, bro, you're fucking nuts. I'm never going back to that shit. And he's a Southern guy in, in uh, Tennessee. He's a good friend. He's like, you know, God damn it, Jay, just listen to me. I'm telling you. <laughs> He was right. Shout outs to you, my brother. Uh, but yeah, dude, like there is no side effects when this is done right. But the problem, and you already know this, Matt, is it's rarely done right because the guy goes into the dock and the doc puts him on seven fucking things. I mean, if you just came in and you put him on testosterone and maybe a peptide for fat burning or, or, or low dose growth hormone, we could talk about that if you want, because I'm, I'm a huge fan of low dose growth hormone. Look, man, you couldn't even get pharmaceutical growth hormone three years ago. Before COVID, it was impossible. The only way you could get growth hormone and be one of us was to be a fucking um, AIDS patient. The, the only growth hormone that was available three years ago was Chinese bro growth hormone. Blue tops, yellow tops, green tops. That shit's all fucking garbage. You don't even know what you're getting half the time. It's fake. You're injecting HCG or fucking saline. Who the fuck knows? But nowadays, you can get Pfizer genotropin, you can get Nordisk, Nordotropin, and the pens, bro. And you can take one IU Monday through Friday in the morning, and it's like fucking the nectar of the gods, as I call it. It's a game changer. For aging people, it's unbelievable. There's no shutting down your pituitary or any of the bullshit you've been fed and lies. It's all lies. Everything is a lie. I've measured my IGF-1 levels five times now since I started using pharmaceutical-grade growth hormone in 2021 in the summer. And dude, my, all my biological markers are better. Uh, I mean, dude, it's crazy. I mean, the Life Extension Foundation, uh, you know, LEF org, 
they're, they're people. I mean, again, these are people with money and sophisticated, but they've been using like uh, growth hormone since the eighties, bro. And they know, but the problem, as you know, is that the bros take too much. And then that gets extrapolated into the medical industry and everybody's like, Oh, growth hormone will shut down your pituitary. But no, dude, if you take testosterone therapeutically in the right precise dose, and, you know, again, if you're going to remain fertile, HCG, HMG, very, very mild dose, uh, depending on your blood labs, the supplements that you're going to want to take are vitamin D3. Uh, as an aging guy or older guy, you know, pregnenolone increases short-term memory, and enhances the visual acuity and color depth. Um, SDHA, if you have a biological need in your blood test that shows that you're low in SDHA, I've never had to use SDHA ever because I don't need to. My levels stay high. I'm one of those people that my levels stay up. And now if it changes, I'll add it, right? But that's it, dude. You don't need any of these other things they write you scripts for. AIs, DIM. There's so many other things that they'll write you scripts for. And again, why would you take seven or eight things at the beginning, and then three months later, six or eight weeks later, or six and a half weeks later, whatever, you measure, how the fuck do they know what's doing what, bro? There's no way to know. But if you start off with testosterone and maybe a peptide for growth hormone or growth hormone itself, and like I said, you know, maybe melatonin or a couple other things, then it's simple to track what's happening. And then you know. But again, we never see this. And almost all these guys that start off are on all these other things. And if things go sideways, which they normally do, uh, how do you know what's doing what? You know? Yeah, I totally agree. I started with just testosterone and then I added okay. in the HCG. And it's like, you know, it's just it just makes a lot of sense. And then maybe play with some stacks as you go. But why not just see how you feel on just the testosterone for a while? Exactly. I mean, look, in isolation, you're going to know how it works. Your labs are also going to be a clear telling tale of how the testosterone works in your system but if you've got seven other chemicals or six other chemicals and agents and look a growth hormone or a peptide is not affecting your testosterone people get very confused at this you know i get that question all the time like yeah but you know my doctor said that my pep that if i took ipamorelin that it would help my testosterone levels your fucking doctor is a moron he doesn't even know what he's talking about growth hormone analogs or agents, GNHR or GR, GRNRs, all these various peptides, they have nothing to do with the endocrine system. They're not working there. But the endocrine system, when you take an androgen like testosterone, you know, you mentioned gonadorella, and I should mention this, all of the peptides that are supposed to help increase testosterone are worthless because, bro, all the studies show that you have to inject yourself four or five times a day. Who the fuck is going to do that? When you can just inject yourself with HCG twice a week and you'll get the same, you know, minor androgen and estradiol sp spike that those things give you four to five times a day. So they're all bullshit. Uh, don't get bought into any of those things. Don't take tryptorelin or gonadorelin or hexarelin or any of them. There's other ones that are supposed to increase LH and FSH because, again, the, all, all the research shows that you got to inject yourself four or five times a day. Who, who, no one's going to do that. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. So, I mean, like there are, you know, gonadorelin in, in, in studies shows really good effect. But again, who the fuck is going to inject themselves four or five times a day to get what they get automatically with HCG a couple times a week, which you already know.
Yeah, 100%. Before I let you off of here, I want, is there a resource where people can find these doctors who are informed? Do you have that on like your website or where to find some docs that you've trained or that know about how to optimize? Yeah, 100%. So first off, um, to get all my books, except my newest book, which is the peptide book, and then 30 Days of Shreds is not out yet. And, you know, we'll sell that. I give away all my books for free after like four to six months. But um, all I have to do is go to jcampbell.com forward slash free books. And you can download the TOT Bible PDF. You can download the Blowtorch Diet PDF, which, as you know, is like the third highest rated intermittent fasting book ever. Still, according to Amazon, people love that book. That's the best book ever designed for fat people who have no um, understanding of dieting. They don't have to meal prep. They don't have to do anything. It's literally you fast and then you you uh, you do cardio and then the next day you eat and you train. It's the simplest fucking diet. I, I mean, I've literally helped hundreds of thousands of people lose weight on that. And then I have um, the first chapter of the peptides book is there for free too. And then I have a book on consciousness. It's a PDF, like a 75 page book on consciousness, which is also awesome. So there's four free books there. The only way I give out, I don't give out my free, my doctors for free unless you join my private membership group, which is fullyoptimizedhealth.com, but it's no commitment. It's 99 bucks a month or 249 a quarter. Most people are in it on a quarterly basis because, bro, I actually respond to people. I mean, I, I do an AMA every Tuesday. It's 90 minutes. You can absolutely come on and ask me questions face to face, just like this. Um, but the real beauty is in the group when you're in there, if you PM me, it's the only way that I respond. I don't respond to emails. I don't respond to texts. I don't respond <laughs> to IMs unless I know who you are from a friend. You know, like Danny sends a message, right? He's like, hey, it's my boy. But I mean, dude, I'm not joking. My assistant deletes 400 text messages a day that wow. I have no idea who you are, literally. And, and look, as you know, bro, you, 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 I can't be a legitimate human being. If I respond to all these people, I mean, I want to, my heart really does. I mean, I am a servant, but I got to have a life too. You know what I'm saying? So it's just very simple. It's fullyoptimizedhealth.com. If you PM me while you're in that group, there's no contract. You can cancel in one month. I don't care. I've had people literally spend 99 bucks and ask me a hundred questions. Um, but it's fullyoptimizedhealth.com. Um, quarterly is 249 and monthly is 99 bucks. And every week I do an AMA for 90 minutes. But if you're in the group, you can literally send me a PM. And it's the only form of notification that I get on the planet. So I always respond within one hour or less. All right. That's beautiful, uh, Jake. I uh, love the show. I really wanted to focus on testosterone today. Maybe I'll have you back on. I know you're a wealth of knowledge on we'll talk peptides. peptides. You're even really big into consciousness, spirituality. I've heard you talk about psychedelics. So maybe we'll have you on every once in a while and explore some of that. I would love to come back, bro. You asked the best questions. I'm so grateful that you had me on. I wish every person interviewed me could ask questions like you do. Just let me know when you want me to come on. I'll be back. Cool, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a blessed day. You too, my bro. If you enjoy this show, would you please take a second to subscribe, rate, and review it for me? Also, if you'd like to know more information about Combo, personalized one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, or for upcoming retreat information, which I host with my wife, please visit my website in the show notes or DM me on Instagram. My handle over there is at Integrative Matt. Until next time, my friends.